Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the Man, Paul Segretto, Badlands Baby. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Hello everyone in the franchise world, my name is Paul Segreto and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, May 17, 2017 and as we always do, we like to give the weather forecast, Santa, it seems that we, uh, we always seem to do that. We're overcast, muggy, warm, it looks like we're on the throes of summer. How are you today, Stan? Hot and humid, Paul. You know, it's funny. When I used to do the uh, the weather forecasts in the morning once a year in Buffalo, New York, when I go to the Wing Fest, I wind up doing some live TV shots in the morning promoting the festival and the cutaways to the local market from the Today Show or Good Morning America. And I would always stand with Chesley McNeil, the weatherman, and Chesley would say, okay, Stan, so um, what's the forecast going to be for the festival? And I'd say, partly hot and spicy, Chess. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are, partly hot and yep. spicy in hot, humid, hot Atlanta. is starting to live up to its name. Summer, I think, is on our doorstep, Paul. Yep, absolutely. Well, Stan, you know, we've, we've come through some really uh, great guests over the last few weeks. We had Jimmy John a, a month ago. It's hard to believe David Nielsen from Guidant Financial followed up, Michael Elliott from Hammer and Nails, and then last week we had a great interview with Gary Findlay from Restoration One, and of course today we have Jennifer Bell Saxton with us, and next week uh, we have Dina Dwyer Owens, and the week after Ashley Morris from Capriati, so a really a, a very strong lineup, a lot of attention being given to the franchise today. I've been looking at some of the uh, the metrics and some of the stats coming in. Um, and, of course, we're just gaining momentum. We're seeing a lot of traction on iTunes as well. And it looks like the next couple of months uh, we've got some very strong guests coming up as well, Stan. For sure, Paul. In fact, I uh, just had one come across the desk this morning that I'll call out on the front of the house uh, as I learn more about this gentleman, we certainly want to have a conversation with a guy named Justin Weatherill, 29-year-old CEO of You Break, I Fix. And what a great story. I started reading about him in AtOurFranchise.com. The guy's 29 years old, and in 2009 or 10, when when we were all on the on the heels of our feet from the recession, he broke an iPhone or he broke a smartphone and and figured out how to fix it himself and then started thinking about fixing them for others and put up ads on um, you know on online to try to attract people who may or may need his kind of services and you know 8 or so years later um 7 or so years later he's a 300 plus franchise operation can't believe the growth has been experienced by this young entrepreneur so i am certainly looking forward to securing a date with Justin for some time this summer. Um, he's got a story to tell about sustainable growth and sensible franchising, for sure. And as you called out uh, last week's guest, Gary Finley, I kind of noted this morning in the IFA Smart Brief, we talked a little bit about it with Gary, uh, that he was so excited about just signing his first female entrepreneur. And um, I, IFA's Smart Brief talks about it this week. Her name is Beth Hendricks. And she's a 27-year-old career in the tech industry and is now the first female franchisee for Restoration One. Congratulations to her. Probably a long overdue milestone for Restoration One. Um, but, hey, she's opened the door, and let's, let's see how she does and who else follows her, Paul. Also, a great story in AtOurFranchise.com about a former New York, uh, New York police detective who has become a pillar to post franchisee after he retired. And, and you know, we sometimes don't think about some of those common denominators that are in our skill sets that would be applicable to another business. But, you know, he talked about his observation skills from years in law enforcement 
And who better than somebody who's a former detective to go and sniff around houses and figure out what needs to be fixed before someone <laughs> buys it? What a great connection. Never would have put those dots together. But when you read about it, it makes nothing but sense. Would you agree? Uh, I would definitely agree, <laughs> without a doubt. We also have and, uh, IFE coming up, what, just uh, a month away, four weeks from today. We'll be uh, flying into uh, New York. Show starts uh, four weeks from tomorrow. Should be an exciting event. It sure will. I'm thinking this year is going to be the biggest in, a, in quite some time. And, Paul, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't call this out as well as part of front of the house today because I've already talked about partly hot and spicy in the Wingfest. It um, came to my attention today that Wingstop has signed a major development deal for Europe um, with a company with of all names, the company out of London is called Lemon Pepper Limited, um, a 100-store agreement. And these are multi-unit operators of Shake Shack, Five Guys, and other brands already in the U.K. So this is a big move for Wingstop, currently at 1,031 restaurants, 83 of those abroad in five countries, including Indonesia, Mexico, the Philippines, Singapore, and the UAE, and now coming soon to a place where, not exactly famous for food, but Wingstop's going to fix that as it enters the U.K., Paul. I imagine it's going to be hot and spicy in the U.K., <laughs> and I see it growing from there, without a doubt. <laughs> well, Stan, you know, we've, uh, we've really got we, – we, we talk about some of the guests that we've had. We talk about, um, you know, young entrepreneurs, and we seem to uh, – really be focusing um, of late on, on some female entrepreneurs as well. And, of course, you know, Dina Dwyer Owens will be with us next week. Uh, and today's guest is uh, Jennifer Bell Saxton. But also, just as a, a teaser to our audience, we have uh, Gigi Butler, the founder of Gigi's Cupcakes, will be coming on in June, as well as uh, Shane Evans from Massage Heights. So definitely want to stay tuned to uh, – franchise today for more updates on that. Today's guest is quoted as saying, we are most proud of the 20,000-some parents we have helped and counting. Uh, we also volunteer in our communities to help low-income families with car seat education and installation because every child deserves a clean, safe car seat. Jennifer, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks so much, guys. So happy to be here. Happy to be here. I mean, you're on you're on just a uh, a whirlwind tour, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, diving in a little bit of your recent experience with. Uh, um, it, well, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna say it at this point. We're we're gonna lead into <laughs> some recent uh, awards, and I'm gonna allow you to uh, to uh, absolutely express that thunder. I don't want to I don't want to steal that thunder. <laughs> so why don't we why don't we start with this? Okay. Why don't you uh, go back as far as you want and tell us about, you know, Jennifer Bell Saxton, the, the person, uh, and lead us up to where we are today. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll try to make it the short version, but um, I grew up in Austin, Texas, um, which is my favorite place on earth and would love to move back there one day, but I am a I am married to a filmmaker here in Los Angeles, so I am here for the time being uh, in sunny SoCal, uh, which, is, which is not a horrible place to be either. But uh, loved growing up in Austin and really idolized Michael Dell. Um, he was a really big entrepreneur in our community who gave back. Um, and so many of my friends' families worked there, and they were building community centers, and he was just a, a really great success story. So I started in sixth grade knowing I wanted to be an entrepreneur um, and, and started kind of pursuing opportunities, um, thinking originally that I would go into high tech, uh, which was kind of the hot and sexy thing to do. I graduated in 2001 uh, from high school and went to Duke, started out in engineering and quickly realized I hated engineering. <laughs> and, um, I was not <laughs> wanted to switch into a business degree, but Duke is a liberal arts school. Um, so I ended up majoring in math, uh, which is crazy. I'm probably the only outgoing female math major you've ever met. <laughs> but uh, it was a great experience and um, went into management consulting from there, where I really got to learn a lot about 
business, different functions, different industries, all that jazz, and, and started to write my business school application. Uh, and, and, of course, my essays were all about how I wanted to start a business. Um, and I, at that point in time, somehow the franchise industry had really caught my eye, uh, and Pinkberry was really hot here in California. Uh, I mean, this was probably like 12 years ago. And I was like, man, I really wish I could franchise Pinkberry. Um, why isn't there Pinkberry in Texas and Chicago and everywhere else? So um, I really started paying attention to franchising back then. But I got to business. So I went to Kellogg at Northwestern in Chicago um, for two years, had a, a really amazing experience there. I always joke that if I could pay to go again, I would because it's so much fun for two years. Uh, and I thought I would find a co-founder, somebody else who had a business idea that maybe needed somebody to partner with to, you know, really get things done. And quickly realized that that, that wasn't going to work out, and everybody was telling me to do what I was passionate about. So I did some soul searching, and I was like, you know, I was a management consultant for the last few years, and I worked 100 hours a week, and I sure didn't have very many hobbies. Um, so I don't know what I'm passionate about. But I realized that when I was 23 – Looking at our consulting firm, a lot of women were turning 30 and trying to make partner and trying to start a family all at the same time. And at one point, every single woman left the firm. And it was, it was really shocking to me uh, that maybe this was not a career that could be, you know, right for me if I wanted to have work-life balance and have a family and a career. So while I was at Kellogg, I set out on this mission to find business ideas that would improve work-life balance. Um, specifically for new moms. And I was 25, no kids, single. We started receiving Working Mother magazine to my apartment, and my roommate said, Jen, is there anything you need to tell me? <laughs> what, why receiving <laughs> motherhood magazine in the apartment? But um, it was great. I did a whole year of research, and then this idea that baby car seats were hard to clean and install uh, kind of floated to the surface as an idea that nobody else was out there you know, doing anything about it. And every mom I talked to really hated cleaning her car seat and found it really hard to install correctly. Uh, so I recruited over 40 of my classmates uh, through all of my different coursework, every different class. I had a different team of people helping me write the business plan for what is now Top Squad. Um, and the rest is history. So I, uh, I moved back to L.A. after graduation, uh, found a husband, um, my wonderful husband, Kern, um, who is the yin to my yang. He is super chill. <laughs> To my high energy <laughs> madness, and uh, we've been married about a year and a half, and and recently adopted a little Bichon Frise, who we rescued, and and is totally our baby for the time being. So that's me. Wow, I, I I'd have to say you're you're right. You have to be the most outgoing math major I have ever <laughs> have ever come <laughs> across. And 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 to that end, where does you know, so connect the dots. I did the little piece between, you know, Jennifer Bell Saxton, Tot Squad, outgoing, talkative math major, and one of the leading design people in the world. <laughs> who, who is the leading design person in the world? Well, that's for you to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, you I just spent... You just spent Go some ahead. time in New uh, in New York. In, no, was it in New York with uh, oh. Tori Birch? Uh huh. I was so thinking tell we were us talking about that about experience. Job. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. Ah, so, um, okay. <laughs> really, I was thinking different kind of design. So um, the the really exciting news is that uh, I was recently selected as a Tory Birch Fellow, um, which is a new program that Tori Birch, uh, who's a fashion designer. Um, launched through her foundation because when she started her business 15 years ago, she was tired of being the only woman in the room uh, and the only woman featured in the newspapers um, as a successful female entrepreneur. And so she really wanted to support and, and lift up other women that are, are you know, hustling <laughs> and trying to grow and scale our company. Mm -hmm. And it was just the most magical week in New York City. Um, we were treated like royalty and got to meet you know, all of the senior management team at her company and some really, really influential people um, in the media world as well. I got a really lovely compliment from the editor of Marie Claire magazine who told me that she really learned how to pitch confidently um, after I did my, my business pitch. So I was, I was really flattered 
to be a part of it, and I learned so much. And, and really just the cohort of the 10 other or nine other, including 10, including me, uh, fellows in the program, we are just fast friends and, and building a community and supporting each other, kind of with that thing, a rising tide floats all boats. Uh, and we all really want to help each other and, and see success for everyone. You know, I think you are the the second. Uh, we found another common denominator here, Paul. I believe that Jennifer represents the second person, at least to my knowledge, who has a very high-profile and successful franchise career following education that was geared toward engineering. And I'm calling out Aziz Hashim, who oh, started. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Who better than, I mean, Aziz is a perfect example of uh, how an edu- a career in franchising came out of a, what was supposed to be a degree in engineering and, and a changing of gears in his life. So there's something to that that we may want to take a closer look at to uh, the Daily Double right here. What do you think? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I wonder, Jennifer, if you can tell us what, you know, this has got absolutely nothing to do with franchising, but I remember when I first met you, um, I wondered what kind of vitamins does this lady take? Um, She has got some of the most amazing energy. It's not decaf that you're drinking in the morning. I'm for for sure about that, but your energy is contagious. Has that been that way all your life, or are you just so, so stoked about the business that you're in? Um, it's so funny. So I actually don't drink coffee. Um, my, my husband, my husband says I'm naturally caffeinated. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't know. I, I think I get it from my mom. We're both really high energy, talkative. Um, it, it's funny, actually. My whole family, uh, my mom, my sister have, have sales careers. So I think maybe there's a genetic component, but I, I am really passionate and excited about my business. And I think that's truly been a key asset for me um, in terms of securing PR, um, contacts, relationships, and, and, and recruiting, really, in terms of getting my team, my franchisee. Um, but, you know, that energy, I think, sets the tone for our business and, and really the fun culture that we're committed to building. Well, second to money, it's it's the most important thing that any franchisor can bring to the table, in my belief, and that's passion for the business and um, franchisees. And we'll talk more about the franchise side of the business later, but as much as anything that a brand does to attract potential franchisees, it's belief in the leadership and and the confidence in the leadership and and just the energy of what you emit, I believe, is probably as great an attraction to your brand as anything else could be. So you started out thinking about being the geek squad in in your space. Um, tell us about the evolution of the brand and the model and how it is different than anything that's in the marketplace and, and how it's evolved. Yeah, well, uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm now crystallizing at this exact moment what I would describe as kind of three phases of the business. Um, so the first phase was really, you know, me <laughs> driving the van myself, uh, cleaning car seats and strollers and, um, you know, vomit <laughs> and poop and all of the glorious things that come along with, uh, with, with dirty babies. And, uh, and, and just, you know, me and some hourly employees launching the business here in Los Angeles and San Diego and then eventually New York City, um, all as corporate-owned units. And, and the business model being that we would drive to a different baby store every day uh, and set up in the parking lot or on the sidewalk and do a 30 to 60 minute seam cleaning on a car seat or a stroller uh, while mom was inside shopping. And, and it was great because we started to get, you know, kind of accidentally a lot of interest from retailers. So um, Whole Foods and Nordstrom uh, are two examples of businesses that called us and said, hey, we want your events at our store because, you know, as you guys know, Amazon is crushing brick-and-mortar retail. And I think that's particularly true for this demographic of young, new moms because mm-hmm. if you have any extra errand with a screaming infant or toddler in tow, you would rather order online if you can. So these retailers are looking for unique services and amenities to drive the foot traffic to the store. And we not only did that, but then also created a captive audience because while we had the baby seat, uh, mom couldn't drive away <laughs> with the baby. So they were literally trapped inside the store, 
And we did a lot of data research, um, analytics, et cetera, with our um, retailers and exit surveys to show how much value we were creating for the retailers, you know, showing that our typical customer spent more inside the store than they did on our service. Uh, and so those mutually beneficial relationships kept, kept growing. And, and I knew all along that I wanted to franchise the business. So um, kind of the second phase is this, this vision to become like the geek squad and the idea that we could build an in-store service center. So much like when you go into a Best Buy and you buy your laptop, uh, you see that Geek Squad kiosk in the corner, and they're offering you at checkout to buy the one- or two-year extended warranty service package. And I thought, well, people are spending upwards of 1000 or $1,500 on their strollers these days. That's more than a laptop. Uh, and maybe mm-hmm. they would want to buy a service package. Um, where Top Squad could deliver everything, all those big purchases to their home, assemble the crib, put the baby gates up, put the car seat in correctly, and for the next year or two, provide all of the cleaning and maintenance and tune-up services on all of their big baby gear purchases. So um, we've made some great traction towards that vision, uh, and we are in you know, contract negotiations right now with a big box baby store to build our first in-store um, service center kiosk this summer. So I'm looking forward to announcing that uh, in the coming weeks. But that has really been the dream. Um, and then uh, kind of out of the blue, um, and this is what I would kind of describe as the third phase of the business, uh, we got an incoming call from Uber. Uh, and uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Uber recently launched a baby seat program in New York City. So you can choose Uber X or Uber Pool, or you can choose Uber Car Seat, uh, and there will, uh, the driver will arrive well. with a, with a baby seat car for you. Amazing. And, uh, oh, it realized, yeah, well, yeah, so it's, it's a really great program, oh, and, and what the challenge was is that whenever a kid would throw up in the car seat, they were just throwing <laughs> them away and buying an entirely new seat. Um, so really excited. We've been cleaning seats for Uber now for six months, and uh, they are excited about growing that program into other markets with us. Um, and, and similarly, recently, have got some interest from a rental car company. Who, uh, if, if you guys ever rented a baby seat from a rental car company, you know they're disgusting. <laughs> a lot of people are schlepping their car seat through the airport because they don't want to rent from the, the car rental companies. So uh, we potentially will be rolling out um, a clean and safe car seat program at up to 60 major airports uh, in the coming months and years. So. I'm really excited about kind of this B2B angle um, beyond just the B2C geek squad side of the business. I think we've got a tremendous growth opportunity working with some of these other businesses in the ride share and, and transportation industry. You know, um, it's, it's not often that you see a founder with such a high energy level, very, um, you know, talkative, very articulate, and also create a culture that is uh, attractive to today's workforce. And yet, as I was doing research on Tot Squad, I was pleasantly surprised uh, just because of the nature of the beast called the Internet out here that <laughs> on Glassdoor.com is one positive employee review after another. How do you keep that up? How do you go ahead constantly and transfer your energy to them as well as the vision? Because we deal with such a finicky audience that's out there that wants it now, instant gratification, expectations very, very high. And you seem to really be at the, uh, the very, very top level. So I imagine culture has to be a very strong component of your business plan. Yeah, I think, you know, and thank you so much. I, th- I think I've learned a lot about culture and values from one of my advisors who's going to be on your show next week, uh, Dina Dwyer Owens. She is uh, an amazing leader, and she's got a great book uh, called Values, Inc., and I encourage anyone to check it out and learn about, you know, thinking about your values in your company. Uh, and I also recently hired an executive coach, which I can't believe I waited so long to do it because it's really been transformative for me as a leader to kind of have an outside person that I can share my struggles with and, and really get advice. Um, but, but one of the things my executive coach helped me hone in on was that fun was such a key component to my 
my personality, my outlook on life, and, and the culture that I was building at my company. And, and it's hard when you're just like a really early stage, struggling startup, trying to raise money, and, and you don't have a ton of money to, to do a lot of team building and cultural events. Um, so I think that from a hiring perspective, I've made lots of mistakes. Uh, and, and I try to pride myself on learning from other people's mistakes, <laughs> you know, reading books and getting great advice, but I don't repeat their mistakes. And, and one piece of advice that I, I had heard but stupidly ignored was uh, hire slow, fire fast. <laughs> and um, I, yeah. I, unfortunately, in times, of, in times of, of essentially desperation and just needing boots on the ground, hired some of the wrong people. And I saw firsthand how destructive that can be to the culture. Um, and ultimately, one bad apple, you know, led to five or six people leaving the company or, or being asked to leave the company. Um, and it was, it was a huge turnover event for us. And from that moment forward and that, that, you know, deepest, darkest moment of pain, I remember crying in my car. <laughs> what did I do to deserve this bad treatment from these people? Um, it was a really low moment. And I, from that day forward, was like, I am, I am going to hire people that have a great sense of humor, that have a great personality, and that have kindness first. So I kindness is another core value of ours beyond fun. Um, treating people uh, with kindness. And, and because our business is built so much on partnerships and relationships with our vendors and our clients and everyone else, um, when you can find ways to do something that's mutually beneficial or do favors for other people, like nobody has ever asked me for a favor that I did not want to say yes to. Uh, so we're yes people and we want to be kind to everyone and we want to have a good time while we do it. And I think hopefully that's why I've got some great reviews on Glassdoor is because now we take it really seriously. Everybody that we bring into our family uh, and, and we call it the no a hole rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have that one. That's I have that one plastered yeah. every, everywhere in sight in my office. But you know, you remind me of the old Walt Disney adage, which is, "I'm yeah, hire slow, fire fast." is is a great. It says a lot in four words, and um, there are another four words, or five, I guess, that Walt Disney uh, has taught so many people to abide by, which is hire the attitude and train the skill. If you've got the right yeah. people in, in chairs, you can teach them anything, but you can never get that attitude taught. It, it has to come with whoever they are, and then you can build on that. You can inspire more greatness from people whose attitude invites that. So you're right. You're you know, putting yourself around some wonderful people. And when we come back from our half break, um, we're going to talk more about not just the Tory Burch Award, but the next gen program and another great gentleman in franchising who has had such a bright light and impact in your life. And I'm talking of course about David McKinnon and we'll get into that right after we tell you that you're listening to franchise today. I'm Stan Friedman along with Paul Segreto. And we're talking today with a bundle of energy, Jennifer Bell Saxton, founder and CEO of Tot Squad. Franchise today is brought to you by the franchise foundry where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that only comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach. This delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and, of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with all the guidance you need to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry, along with their ex expanding list of clients at www.FranchiseFoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track access and manage all messages to and from prospects and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified too with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. 
Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospects, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Jen, did I, did I pronounce it right? Jennifer Bell Saxton, we are so proud yes. to have you as our guest today and learn more about uh, Tot Squad, uh, not just the brand but the franchise. And I kind of teased it a little bit before the break talking about David McKinnon. Why don't you tell us more about how that relationship manifests? Absolutely. So uh, when I first started thinking about franchising my business, I was taking a class at Northwestern uh, taught by Burton Cohen, who is the chief franchising officer at McDonald's under Ray Kroc. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm really sad to share that Professor Cohen passed away about two months ago. Uh, he was a former member of the Dwyer Group and, and a true leader in the franchise industry. Uh, he is dearly missed, but he, uh, he was kind of a curmudgeon uh, for anybody who knew him. He, you know, he was realistic about franchising and all the pros and the cons of this industry. And he told me that my concept was imminently franchisable, uh, which I liked. So I started paying attention to franchising from day one and thinking about creating ops manuals and everything, and eventually was connected with Marianne O'Connell, who's a, a franchise consultant in Orange County with her business, FranWise. Uh, and she has been an amazing um, mentor to me through the whole journey since before we even started with doing anything. We didn't even have an FDD yet. Um, and she told me about this new competition that the International Franchise Association was launching called the Next Gen Competition for Millennials in Franchising. Uh, so uh, it was 2014 at that point in time. I applied for the competition, and at the 2015 con conference uh, was awarded one of the grand prizes uh, for Millennials in Franchising, which was just an amazing experience. And it's really funny because when I first started writing my business plan to raise money in 2014, uh, like March 2014, I'm writing this business plan, and you have to have an exit strategy slide. If anybody's going to give you outside capital, they want to know how they're going to get it back. And I said, well, maybe we could sell to one of these big box baby companies, uh, or maybe we could sell to a franchise conglomerate or private equity, somebody like Service Brands International. And I wrote that on my slide in March 2014. Fast forward to March 2015, and I'm in the next-gen winner's room, and they have all these amazing industry leaders, and they're mentoring us. And I look across the table, and I see a name tag that says, David McKinnon, founder, Service Brands International. <laughs> and I, think, I think I literally fell out of my chair. Um, I couldn't, couldn't believe I was sitting across the table from this guy. Um, so poor David, I, I just hunted him down. <laughs> and I was like, I got to have coffee with you later and, and talk more um, because I, I need your advice. And we just formed such a fast friendship. Uh, and he ended up investing in Tot Squad. Uh, I think I was his first early stage franchise investment. Uh, and he's done a couple more since then. But we spend a lot of time on the phone and, and in person with David doing strategic planning and, and really thinking about how to grow our company. And his Rolodex is maybe one of the most valuable things that he brings to the table because um, having built such a large company, he knows every vendor, supplier, um, advisor uh, that I could possibly need as we scale Tot Squad. So I've been truly blessed to have him as part of our team. Tell us a bit about, you know, coming out of NextGen, what were the next steps, uh, no pun intended, uh, the next steps coming out of NextGen for Tot Squad, and what were the big strides that you made coming out of the NextGen program? Yeah, well, I, I'm happy to report that almost exactly a year, March 2016, we sold our first franchise. Um, so, you know, it took a while to get the FDD and the audit and all of the legal structure in place and make sure we had ops manuals and all that jazz. Um, so one year later, I sold my first franchise. She opened uh, last summer in Washington, D.C., uh, and we have learned so much from, from this experience opening our first franchise. And, uh, and it's been just truly phenomenal to have the support of the next-gen community, um, not only uh, Tony Valley from College Pro, who has been so generous with his time to kind of create workshops and webinars uh, for all of the winners to learn more about um, the nuances of branding and scaling and building the team. 
so it, yeah, I, and just the peer network, right? There's, there's a bunch of us that are kind of all in this together, and it's great that we now have support each other up. Stan, we still have you. I heard some, uh, I think we might have lost Stan. Yep, I'm, so we'll I, just, no, I'm here. I, okay. I, I wasn't certain if the clicking was on my end or yours. I was just trying to examine the phone to see if I was still here. I'm still with you, Paul. Okay. Sounds good. Jennifer, we've had uh, a bunch of the people from uh, the next-gen programs um, on the air with us. Really some great stories. Uh, John Evans, uh, Carmelo Marsala, and others. What is it like as far as still networking with those people, what type of ideas are you sharing? What type of things are you talking about with people that came out of that program, which I'm sure down the road you're going to have somewhat similar conversations, but obviously maybe not as franchise-centric with the individuals coming out of the, uh, the Tory Birch um, program. So what is it that you, you talk about, young entrepreneurs, new into franchising, what are some of the things that are discussed? Yeah, I think that the, the key um, thing that we talk a lot about is millennials in franchising. Um, so I think I mentioned I'm, I'm the oldest year of millennials. <laughs> I'm, I'm the very mm-hmm. and I think that franchising in general is not sexy. It's, it's not, you know, a high-tech startup, which is what it seems like most millennials think is the dream career path. Um, and that's like a real branding problem for the franchise industry. And I think that a lot of, of big brands are trying to crack it, right? How are they going to recruit millennials to come in as the next generation of franchise owners? Um, and, and I really applaud what Aziz Hashim is doing um, through the IFA and, and now Shelly in terms of trying to get more franchising curriculum into the colleges. Um, so that millennials are learning, are learning about franchising as a type of entrepreneurship and a way that they can be their own boss and have their own company. Um, because I, I just don't think that people are exploring it. And, and I think we just talk a lot about that. How do we um, convince our peers that franchising is, is a sexy, cool um, career opportunity that's really rewarding? And that's a big challenge, and I don't, I don't know that we've cracked that nut yet, but we're making strides. So we already know that bringing an attitude and a positive personality into the business is one of the things that are most critical for you bringing employees on board. I'm assuming the same would be true with franchisees. What other attributes are you looking for? Where would a, If you were rubbing the genie out of the lamp and, and profiling the perfect franchisee for your business model, tell us who that would be. Well, I had um, the chance to go out to Waco um, in March this year and uh, have dinner uh, with Dina Dwyer Owens and Mary Kennedy Thompson, who's uh, the chief operating officer of the Dwyer Group, um, and was so great that they were able to offer me a tour of their campus and everything and just get that kind of one-on-one mentoring time with them. Uh, and one of the things that really came out of that conversation was the need for franchisees to be hunters. Um, because I had potentially been overly focused on selling the national accounts and saying, hey, you know, if you're coming in as a top squad franchisee, you can work with this baby brand and this stroller company and Uber and this company, you know, and just really talking a lot about the business we would be bringing to them. Um, but the real thing that we need in franchisees is, is salespeople who are going to really go deep in their local community um, and find the local, um, you know, boutiques and preschools and parks and places where moms are spending time. Um, and so I thought that was a key insight coming out of that meeting with them. So my ideal franchisee is probably a mom who's got five- and seven-year-old kids, and she took some time out of the workforce after a career in sales and marketing, um, probably more sales than marketing, and, uh, and, and now is looking to reenter the workforce. And perhaps she's looking for a flexible full-time career opportunity. So she doesn't mind working full-time, but she just wants to be able to go to school pickup at 3 o'clock every day. Um, and, and, and something that's family-friendly. So if the kid calls in sick or can't go to school for the day, she can bring them to work with her. And, and part of that stems from when I was a kid, my, my family owned a little miniature train in Zilker Park in Austin. 
And uh, my dad would manage the engineers, and my mom worked the souvenir booth, and my sister and I would collect the tickets uh, from people as they got on the train. And that was just such an amazing experience to go to work with your family and, and feel like you're all doing something together. And I love that idea for our franchisees to be able to have, have their own business and create their own schedule with that flexibility, but still, you know, hunt for the local business because they know their local, you know, area so well, where do the moms hang out? So that's kind of my ideal target profile. What do you envision uh, the growth uh, into uh, particular markets, sections of the country, what is your growth strategy for Tot Squad, let's say, over the next three to five years? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I intentionally ignored a little bit of con- conventional franchise advice, um, which everybody kept telling me, you need to grow in concentric circles. So if you're in L.A., you want to go to San Francisco, Vegas, and Phoenix next, and then grow from there. So you aren't, you know, going back and forth across the country. And here I am in L.A., New York, and D.C., and my next target markets are – Miami, Dallas, Chicago, and San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, I, I, am, I, I believe that that advice applies to somebody who's opening a business in a competitive space. So if you're opening another yogurt chain or a barber shop or a dry cleaning company where you've got to build a brand in the local community and, and really distinguish yourself, I think that strategy makes sense. Uh, but for me as a first mover with no competition – I really need to claim the key markets where the most luxury strollers are sold, um, which are the markets that I just named. So I think that those are our, our top priorities is to get into some of those cities um, and potentially with these new opportunities with, with Uber and the rental car company, Orlando is very high on that list because of the number of families traveling there for Disney. Um, so, so those are kind of the immediate next steps. But I think five years from now, I would love to see Toss Squad with in-store service centers at 100 different baby stores across the country um, and potentially, you know, running a car seat program at 60 major airports for several rental car brands. Well, you know, I love the fact that, you know, here you talk about, you know, David McKinnon. Well, we, we, we mentioned Dina Dwyer Owens, which we can never mention enough, Mary Kennedy Thompson, the infinite franchise uh, wisdom that is bestowed upon you from these individuals and you go in a different direction. And I (laughs) admire that because it is not a one size fits all. I mean, sure. There are some, you know, common best practices. There are some good basic principles, but you know, all of them that are entrepreneurs uh, in franchising and otherwise have taken the best practices. They followed them to an extent, but it's being a trailblazer going into, um, uh, a different direction. And I'm, I'm going to read a quote right from the Tory Birch Foundation site. And it's uh, in, in your bio and why you should be the winner of, of that competition. And you said, women entrepreneurs are game changers. We dream big, work hard, and get stuff done. And I think you're spot on on that in all that you're saying and admire you for the fact of, of trailblazing where, uh, where others might not um, it, it seemed to uh, have recommended going in that direction. Thank you so much. <laughs> so coming up, how do people learn more about, you know, you, about Tot Squad, about the, the different opportunities? I mean, if we do a Google search of, of Jennifer Bell Saxton and, and Tot Squad, I mean, we see all kinds of press. We see all kinds of things uh, coming up. Um, so certainly they could just do a, a basic Google search. Are you going to be in any type of franchise shows or consumer shows where people could look, um, look you up and, and learn a little bit more about the opportunity? Absolutely. We, uh, uh, from a consumer perspective, we do a lot of consumer shows. Uh, in fact, in the next week we are doing the New York Family Baby Show uh, in New York City and also the Big City Moms Show. Uh, and throughout the year, you'll see us at MommyCon events. Uh, and well, we partner with a lot of Exa. different moms. She's a friend of the Exa. show. We had, yeah, we had Exa on the show. I thought she was, uh, she was great. 
Well, I personally recommended Exa for the Next Gen program, so I was thrilled that she was chosen as one of this year's um, this year's winners. So she is a rock star, and, and we have partnered for several years and really support each other. So, yeah, so you can find us at all the consumer shows, and from a franchise perspective, I will be at the IFA show uh, next spring. And potentially I like to go to the emerging franchise conference as well every year if I can. That's awesome. You know, Paul, I'm looking just on Jennifer's LinkedIn profile. I mean, we're talking about a woman who is used to winning awards, 2010 winner of the Kellogg Cup, 2013 Goldman Sachs, 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Anybody who meets you at any of these expos is is going to do a very wise thing if they can just latch on to you long enough to let a little bit of that intellectual capital that you are uh, so full of and happy to share just Plead off to them. I mean, I'm I'm so happy to have had the, the pleasure and privilege today of getting to know a little bit more about you. Thank you guys so much. It's been really fun chatting with you, and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on the show. Thank you, Jennifer. And you know, Stan, we we mentioned the Next Gen program a few times, and we'd be remiss in not also giving a shout out to Jennifer Cashel, um, just a, a, a dear friend of us both. And uh, hi, Jennifer. Uh, I know you'll be listening to this at some point or another. That's for sure. So we found a common bridge in engineers, and now we have a common denominator in Jennifer's. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, absolutely. She brings a great energy program. And I think we should mention that the applications for next year are now open. Yes, they are, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, Jennifer, again, thanks for being our guest today. We appreciate uh, the time you took out of your uh, busy schedule. And uh, uh, also, I'm assuming you're you're calling in from California, so uh, it's earlier in the day there than for Stan and I. Thank you again. No problem. You guys have a great day. And you the same. So, Stan, next week we've got uh, Dina Dwyer-Owens. Jennifer mentioned her. We've mentioned her. Uh, I'm really anxious to to dive into her book, uh, Values, which I've personally been giving to uh, all Foundry clients. I think it's that impactful of a book. Well, you know, in all the years that I've known Dina, um, the one thing I've learned being around her is, is that the, the stuff that she's about is the stuff that you can't make up, and and, and it's the stuff no. that comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. I think it's in her DNA, but uh, there is so much anyone can learn from Dina, and uh, I I don't think an hour is enough time for our guest next week, Paul, but we'll, we'll have to make it a lightning Dina. round with questions. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, this will be her third or fourth time on the show. She's a, a great supporter of the show, and I really admire her. But it's funny, you mentioned DNA, and I looked down at my card about upcoming guests, and, uh, and DNA is right in the middle of the word, of the name Dina, along with the word I. Uh, wow. So uh, <laughs> I think that's a little bit of a, of a signal there. You know, also, um, I love, you know, I love segues. And uh, I was trying to segue into um, Jennifer mentioning Dina uh, because I had known the the relationship, and I decided to ask that question about culture. And she went right into it with Dina with values and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. another one on the uh, on the uh, the segue mark for uh, for Mr. Segreto here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we got a, a pretty busy summer coming up. I think July it might be a, a bit of a respite, but um, the next couple of weeks are certainly chock full of events. We've got the IFE just a couple of weeks out on June 15 through 17, and from there, two weeks later, is the IFA summer board meeting um, out in wine country. And then I think we get a little bit of a break in in the month of July from the franchising calendar, but August, you know, dog days of summer, we've got two big events on the calendar in August. Paul, the first is the Franchise Capital Exchange, speaking of Marianne O'Connell, who Jennifer talked about earlier in the program, Wednesday through Friday, August 22nd through 24th, 
in Chicago, the Franchise Capital Exchange is going to be um, hosted, and then later, about a week or 10 days later, is the fifth annual Fagri Baker Daniels Franchise Summit, which this year, I don't know what Brian Snow was thinking about when he when he scheduled this, but uh, it's Wednesday and Thursday, August 30th and 31st, leading into the Labor Day weekend. So um, who can believe that the summer is going to be over as quickly as it gets here? But it's you know it's just uh, around the corner, and those are two um, do-not-miss events, actually, that are back-to-back, Franchise Capital Exchange and the Fagri Franchise Summit, both in August. Yeah, I, I hope this year I get an opportunity to get on my first Fagri event. Uh, Brian's invited me the last few years, and I've been unable to attend, but maybe this will be the year. Well, it's worth it. I mean, I I can tell you as somebody who's attended and sponsored and actually participated back in the days when I was still a franchise, or I've I've participated in events that Brian has hosted um, with Bill Killian, and they go deep, and they are full of content, but there's also an abundance of time for networking, and, and nobody does that better than Chanel. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, next week we have Dina Dwyer-Owens. I think that's the sixth time we've said that. I, I am looking forward to that and certainly uh, appreciate uh, all the work that our PR friends uh, have done on our behalf. Monica Fide from uh, BizCom, the great folks at Fishman PR, and certainly the great folks at, uh, at all points as well. So until hey, next week. Speak, my name yeah, is before Jeff. you do that, before you do that, Paul, it was great seeing Brad Fishman here last night. I should have mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Ah. Uh, the women's the women's franchising network here in Atlanta had an event last evening, and um, Mr. Brad Fishman was the keynote. So it was great seeing Brad here in Atlanta last night. I almost let that get by me, and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, well, you know, we've got Brad and Lane Fisher will be on with us at some point in June or July, probably July, talking about the upcoming Springboard, springboard. Uh, Emerging Brand Springboard event in September. Uh, I just don't know if we've got enough time for the four of us to speak. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a challenge. All right. We'll make it work. Week. We'll make it work. Yeah. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best in this great, great thing we call franchising. And Franchise Today is out. Franchise pros stand the man, Paul Segreto, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising Today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise Today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today.